Welcome to The Leadership Line, a podcast that covers everyday work issues. From dealing with jerks at work to feeling burnt out, Tammy and Scott's experience, along with their different perspectives, help listeners grow, examine realistic options and alternatives, and identify those actionable solutions to the tough issues we face every day at work. The three of us have had a lot of conversations about perfectionism, so today my question is, do you think perfectionism helps or hurts an employee? It kills them. I cannot tell you, Courtney, how many people are in coaching with Scott and I because perfectionism is hurting their life, is hurting their careers, it's hurting their relationships. I personally think it's one of the most difficult diseases that anybody could have because you are rewarded when you have this beautiful, perfect thing in front of you but you often don't recognize the pain and the cost of that to you at the same time. It's, it's a very interesting thing. Scott, you have some people that you're coaching or have coached in the past that have this disease. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they get frozen and they're doing so much wasted excellence to deliver whatever product, whatever work product that they're delivering a PowerPoint presentation on an email or whatever it is. I actually have a couple of individuals right now. One, um, one coach E checks things three or four times before they turn it in. One of the exercises that I had her do was, all right, I'm, I'm going to let you check it once and then turn it in, and then track how many errors that other people find, or track how much trouble that you get into because you only checked it once. You didn't check it two, three, and four times. First of all, just asking her to do that exercise gave her the willies. I mean, she couldn't like almost get past it. It was like, wait, 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 wait. Hold, hold on right? Because in her world, that's what made her successful, right? So I have this person on one end who literally three or four times everything's checked. I also have another coach that I'm working with that in all honesty, the idea of actually making a mistake keeps her from ever doing anything that is not ordinary average, easy, because a mistake to her means absolute failure, but she's unwilling to push the envelope to go beyond what she knows is perfect. And so therefore she will not grow. And both of those individuals are going to stifle their life and their career. Tammy, I loved what you said about it it being a disease. It really is I mean, we could sit and say, well, that's that person's choice. And well, okay, sure. Uh huh. We don't know why, we don't know cause, et cetera. If we set that aside, it really is eating them away to do something that they don't believe is perfect. And part of it is there is this, what do you believe is good or good enough? And I know you and I are not advocating for saying, oh, yeah, you get to make as many errors as you want. And, no, you know, no, of course. It's this place that's saying, 
what is the minimum viable product? So that phrase, you know, when you talk to perfectionists and you use that phrase, minimum viable product, I have watched people as you have said that, Scott, and they almost recoil. Okay. Because first of all, the concept of minimum is like way, 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 way. I am so beyond minimum, right? However, remember, we have deliverables, we have contracts, we have uh, project scopes where we actually come in and we define what success is. We've agreed. So I can do that informally, me and my boss. We've agreed what success looks like, okay? I can do that very formally. Here is the contract, and this product must have A, B, C, D, E, F, G. When we take the time to actually put that picture together, if we deliver over that, we exceed the customer's expectations. And of course, that's what we do as an organization. We actually say we're going to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and then we do H and I just because we want them to think we're awesome. All right. But we don't go much beyond that because then it is wasted excellence. We're delivering more than what we have said we are going to do. Minimum viable product. And we would recommend, I would recommend that you understand what is, what is good. What is that minimum viable product? And I would say go 5% beyond. Yeah. No more. A little, right? Surprise them, yeah. right? Give them the, the, the whipped cream on top of the ice cream with the cherry. And that's great because it's unexpected. Okay or uncontracted. So I'm giving to the relationship. Okay. And what's important is when you're giving, it has to be something you're giving that that person or that group sees a value. Correct. You're giving it and you think it's of of value and they don't. You've just layered on a whole nother level of wasted excellence. You're absolutely right. They have to see it as like the cherry on the top. They have to see it as the gift. If it is not a gift, you are actually taking care of your anxiety, your need around perfectionism. Instead of saying, no, I am going to delight them. Right. And I'm going to give them this thing. And you know, when you say that, so if you're listening to this and you're a perfectionist, Uh I I I want you to think about this for a moment. If you are doing it to satisfy you, you are being selfish to the customer. Scott, say that again and explain it a little more. Oh, it's good enough. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're a perfectionist and you're doing that extra effort to satisfy you, to satisfy your urges, your needs, your feeling of this isn't good enough. I have to tweak. I have to adjust. You're being selfish to the customer. I would also tell you that you are stealing from the organization. 
Okay. Because every minute that you put into this thing to take care of your need, that is way beyond what the customer needs or wants, is you're taking time that could be used for something else. And that something else is the next customer, the next deliverable, the next project. So you literally are taking too many resources and putting it in this bucket. And that is also harming your company. So you are actually taking care of you instead of taking care of your organization and the customer that you're delivering, whether that's an internal customer or an external customer. So what would you say are like three or four tactics to break the cycle? You are not your work. So the first piece of this is to truly understand most of the perfectionists that I know, they literally take their self-worth and they tie it into never making a mistake. And in that spot, it's understanding you are a spouse, a parent, a friend, a sibling, a neighbor. You have all of these roles and places that you play in. And if your self-worth is tied into never making a mistake, you're missing all of the gifts of you because that's not why people like you, care about you, want you around. They, your perfectionism actually is the thing that pushes you away from that. So truly your self-worth and your value in your relationship with other people, we need to explore that to help you understand that that's not the place that we should be measuring. We need to be looking at something else. So that's the first thing that I would say. That's one tactic that I've worked with folks on, and it has changed people's lives. What's one of yours, Scott? Uh, mine really comes back to what is what is minimum viable product mm-hmm. and, and really, okay, write it out. Okay, you're going to do this. You're going to do a PowerPoint presentation. You're going to send an email, you're going to whatever that is, what, what is minimum? When you hit the minimum, you're done. You got to walk away. Mm-hmm. And, and, and depending on the individual, sometimes we can game it, right? So count, how many times did you walk away when you were done? Yeah. Oh, I did it five times today. Cool. Now get to 10. Now get to 20. Now get to, and it's li- even little things like emails, How many times do you read through your email to make sure it's right? Do you know, one of the tactics, Scott, that I have also used with folks who have these perfectionist tendencies is to say, I want you to do your very best job in, and you put a time frame on it. All right. And it's like when the timer goes off, whether that's a five minutes for an email or it's an hour for putting together your PowerPoint presentation, right? It's like when the timer goes off, you're done. And what's really interesting is when they then get feedback on their work product in the time frame that we have allotted for it, most of the time, the feedback is identical, right? And I think there are people who think, honestly, that perfectionism makes them better 
But when you look at the return on investment from your customer, from your boss, from your peer, whoever that piece is, when you get this, the same feedback, whether you put six hours into it or an hour into it, you start to recognize that they don't see the extra value in that. And if they don't see the extra time equaling extra value, there's nothing in it for you other than feeding your own need for never, ever making a mistake. Okay. And again, I would come back and say, really, how many times have you been called on those mistakes? Right. It's often hardly ever. Okay. So they're putting in all this extra effort for like a one or 2% chance of there being a problem or negative feedback. And that's also a really great learning lesson to really recognize that most people don't even notice. What percentage of the folks that you work with have perfectionism tendencies? 20 to 30. I would tell you it's it's a fairly sizable percent that end up in coaching with us. And I also have to admit, there are certain things that I am a perfectionist about. And it is kind of my own choice. So for instance, most people would not spend two days putting up the perfect Christmas tree. I do because it brings me joy. But I know that there's a difference between every day and these certain things that I'm going to do for me. It's not everything. It's I do certain things in a certain way because that is something that is good for me, but not everything in my life needs to be that way. And I have to make hard decisions in other places. I'm struggling to think of a place that I'm a perfectionist. Okay, Scott. Tammy has one. (laughs) The way your face face was, there's like, oh, apparently I have one. Well, Scott, for a guy who actually has a low D on their predictive index, right? There are a lot of things that you don't care about. However, there are certain things you absolutely do care about. So just a minute, right? What is it that literally when it's not done, it's your pet peeve? When it's not done, it's my pet peeve. Or it's not done right. It's your pet peeve. Oh, you're going to have to tell me. I cannot think of it. Oh, stop. Seriously? So you don't think you have any perfectionist tendencies? Not the way. No, I don't think so. Now, I would say the one thing that that I would say, like, is an irritant for me is when technology doesn't work. When technology doesn't work or someone doesn't know how to use their technology and you've helped them multiple times. Yeah. You do struggle with that. It's okay if they don't get it the first time, i.e. Tammy Rogers never gets it the first time. But after a while, if I don't catch on, you have a major issue with that. Okay. And you think it's so clear and you will do it right every single time. And the rest of us struggle with your rightness. Oh, wow. Now, is that perfectionism? I don't know. See, I wouldn't, I, to me, it's like, I'm just doing it right. Y'all are doing it wrong. (laughs) You have just maybe given us the definition of perfectionism right there. Right. And there are places. So here's what I will tell you. I do want my surgeon 
to be a perfectionist. Okay. I do want my tax guy to be enough of a perfectionist that I don't have an audit after I turn in my taxes. Okay. So there are places. The piece of that is to have it be a choice instead of the thing that's ruling your life. And ultimately, the people that you and I work with, Scott, that 25 to 30% that this is their issue, for some folks, this is not a choice. It's become a habit that then becomes the thing that keeps them from becoming the best that they could become. And that wraps up this week's episode of The Leadership Line. As always, feel free to reach out to us in the emails provided in the podcast description box or reach out to us on LinkedIn, also in our podcast description box. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.